this episode with Dan was a really special one. He has amazing energy. He runs an estate agent that does things completely differently. He gave away some strategies around social media, personal branding, how to build a team that we've never talked about on this podcast, nor have I really ever heard anybody talk about. So if you're an estate agent listening, definitely have your pen and paper out for this one because there are some ideas in there that will genuinely, you know, really positively affect your business if you go and implement them. Not only that, but he shared completely openly, vulnerably, honestly uh, with me the entire time, particularly as we got toward the end of the podcast. Um, So yeah, enjoy this one. Uh, I know I did. Energy's still really, really high from being around Dan. Um, Without further ado, hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome back to another episode of Prop Sessions. Today, we've got Daniel Lewis on the owner of Free Agent. Uh, really, really excited to have Dan on today. He's got a very, very interesting story, interesting business model, uh, very successful estate agent. Without further ado, Dan, thank you very much for your time and welcome. That's a lovely introduction, wasn't it? Thank you very much. Um, I was wondering what you are going to say about me then, but we'll, we'll go with that now. Thank you. That's very humbling to hear something of that stature said about, about me. So thank you very much. Um, appreciate it and great, great to be on. Absolutely. And we were just to dive right in, obviously, we'll go into, you know, your business and all of that. We'll get into all of that because I think people find it very interesting. But what we were just talking about in terms of having frank conversations and just being able to talk directly to people, I think is it feels like a very prominent topic right now. Um, You you know, we were basically just talking about having, you know, staff, having, you know, friends and family as staff and the kind of pros and cons to that what's it been like with you and how you've grown your business because I think you have you do do you know have some family have some you know who help out in your business what's that been like for you because I think a lot of people have are in might be in that situation or considering that um particularly with how things have developed over the last year um what's what's that bit been like for you having you know having family members to do work with and what's that relationship been like sure yeah um I mean, if, if I sort of spin that around a little bit and go, it's, it's sort of like the recruitment thing, isn't it, I guess, in terms of how we've recruited over our, from going from zero to where we are. We're, we're, you know, this month is our third third year. We're three this month, basically. So, um, yeah, um, I've, I've, we, we've never actually... I've got lots of friends who are recruitment advisors and, 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 and love them to bits. But so far, we've never actually used a recruitment advisor. So we've grown through connections, uh, through people that we know. People, a couple of people that actually work for us now as agents have bought through us, uh, two of them, uh, which I find quite interesting. So that's how we actually met one of our latest recruits, Rebecca. Um, she actually bought a property through us and sort of persistently... Um, badgered me in a positive way over a period of time when we weren't ready sort of when she first sort of said oh, you know this is great so excited I want to work for you um we weren't quite at the stage to take on then but she I think as like any good estate agent followed up followed up followed through and yeah she's doing wonderful things for us now um so and and a couple of people have actually sold through us as well so um it's it's, it's it, that that's how we've got sort of team members sort of built up through those sort of connections, um, as I think, yeah, before we were kicking off on this, um, my my mother, bless her, is um, um, more of the one of the more recent recruits as well um, since lockdown. So um, she was working in retail basically before um, on, on a high street shop, which um, closed, and um, we were. I was sort of at a phase then. It was sort of two years into the business, and we were sort of progressing and, and we were coming we obviously stopped ourselves in, in that first lockdown we took everything virtual online as um i think you know and a lot of people we've always been quite a video centric company i i refer to us as so there wasn't a lot of changes that we made but we didn't quite know what the future held at that stage it was quite a difficult phase of coming back out of lockdown i was actually helping out in um, my local tesco so i was doing night shifts in, in my local tesco so just wanted to go and help out somewhere and i I'm chatty and I like to go and talk to people and all the rest of it. Um, so I was actually helping out in lockdown one. We didn't, you know, we lost half of our pipeline in brief. 
So we didn't know what we were going to do and how, when the business was going to come back, how much of it was going to come back, all of those quite usual debates. Long and short of it was, yeah, mother got, you know, um, made, made redundant as such. Um, and we had, as we bounced back into um, that sort of spring 2020 now, um, we had some incredible months where I think we actually listed like 43 properties on the one month and we're still you know a baby as i call it as a business um so it's wow that's bedlam um and then i had that 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 constant challenge of right do we need to take people on is that going to last forever or is that just a one-off month etc etc the phone lines were going ballistic call after call after call after call so essentially mother come in as the head receptionist and that's kind of where her background is um and She's been wonderful in that sense. Um, and um, yeah, going back to the frank conversations, um, <laughs> it's, um, I very much split it. So uh, professionally, it's Julia. Um, <laughs> she'll probably watch this and laugh. Yeah. Um, but, you know, between those hours of work and then when it's outside of that, it's mom. And we have that, we've entered it very uh, pragmatic from both sides. Um, and yeah, it, it, it's um, working really well. Touch wood so far. I love that. And, and one of the things that you said really stood out, stood out to me is uh, somebody who wanted to join you and, you know, they were following up for, a, for a, good, a good amount of time. It's unusual in my experience for people to be like really, really excited about joining a company like that. And that's, to me, the reason I find it interesting is because you have to have some kind of a culture or be doing something exciting or doing something different for people to really want to join you. Um, what do you think it is that, you know, creates that culture or that, that excitement around what you guys do? Uh, good question. Um, not been asked it yet. So I'm going to, on my, on my tippy toes, answer it as best as I can. Um, we are, you know, we are purposefully different, you know, from, from day zero. Um, we set out to, you know, our business model, which I'm sure we'll get onto. I'll touch upon it now, but but our business model is was set up to be completely different to everyone else. There's risks that are obviously um, um, involved with that, uh, which we were well aware from day zero. But the intention was to have a USP to be, you know, right, you're all going that way, we're going to go this way, um, and that is a challenge in itself. You know, from creating that on day zero to when, you know, my job now is ultimately to to look at everything and go right, okay that's where that's all going. We're going to sort of try and, try and create our own path in, in its own way, whether that's through videos or through visual, you know, visual stuff, augmented reality, whatever it is, what's the next thing? You know, I, I don't sleep because I'm trying to think of that, basically, and try and get that into place. I suppose all of the stuff that what we've implemented since day zero, and this is going back, obviously, three years now, um, and this particular person we're referring to, Rebecca, I think was probably bought something of us, probably... A year and a half into our journey maybe um, um yeah maybe just after a year so we were still very 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 small and young but at that stage you know um a state agency was in a very different place three years ago there's been a lot of change particularly over the last year 18 months with the obvious covid and, and the change of where people are working from um where there might be etc etc and that's going to change moving forward but we were kind of already doing a lot of the stuff we were working, um, you know, out of a co-working space. You know, we moved offices. Um, you know, we didn't have an office on day zero. Um, but then we, as we sort of got different members of the team, we had meetings at different places. Um, and that, you know, the, the, the fact that we built the business totally remotely, that we could pick it up on our phones and on our laptop and walk out of one venue, one office space into the next um, I didn't realise it at the time, but enabled us to actually look at growing as well. Because had I had fixed us to where we first, you know, we actually, you know, a friend and a contact in business have said, you can use my room in this office building, basically, in the, in the old typical high street in our town. Good spot. Um, and well, I did think, you know, am I going to put photos in the window and all of that sort of stuff? Because that's what I've done for all of my career as an estate agent. But I made that very conscious decision to say no. Um, the point I'm making is if we'd have secured, say, that that room back of what we had day one, which we were considering, it would have 
what I call pigeonhole us, um, or we, we'd have only had that space, if that makes sense. So we might have had to sign a, a, a lease or a contract for a period of time, whereas actually on a growth perspective, then that would have been a struggle because I've gone, well, actually, I haven't got any space for people. Um, but because we've been a bit more fluid and nimble in how we've sort of bounced off that, that's worked, I think, touchwood in our favour to, to this point today, um, because I've always made it that we can pick up the office and move it and the fact that we're not you know, confined to one particular space allows that growth in a different way. So um, did I go off track there a little bit? But. No, that's, that's actually really interesting though, because you were doing that just kind of before like, you know, things hit where you may have been forced to do something like that or at least been at a disadvantage. So you were actually setting yourself up, whether you knew it or not at the time, for growth, right? <laughs> No, it, it was, it was the, the, the number one thing on my sort of agenda was office space, working, you know, do we go and get a high street office when we can afford to? You know, because again, it's a monetary thing, you know, we set up with zero, you know, with our phones and our laptop and our, I'll call it like our LinkedIn profiles. That was yeah. our network. That was it. You know, there was no budget. There was no option to go and get an office on day one. So as we sort of took those steps, it then crept in, well, should we get that space? Should, should we wait to get something else? It's still kind of a debate to, to today um, as we're looking at it structurally and strategically as we look to take our next steps. I think it forever will be, but um, the bottom line is, I keep coming back to, right, we've got to stay nimble. We've got to stay agile. We've got to be you know, able to appeal to um, all of our staff. So it comes back to, you know, yes, she was excited. So she liked the idea that we were meeting up in, 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 in a local hotel, you know, once a week or whatever. And she quite liked that idea that we then were going to a co-working space, you know, once every couple of weeks for our bigger team meeting. Um, and it made it an exciting thing for, for her in particular, just using that one example, to go to a meeting. And that's something I've always tried to create. We have our sort of morning check-ins now. Um, but again, I've literally changed the structure again this morning. And that's what I think is quite important to be able to move scope and change, you know, in an instant. And that's what I keep back. Whatever we do, our decision is affected by that agility to scope and change as times and desires and people's wants change, basically. And all I do now is I ask the team, say, guys, what, what do you think? What do you want? Um, it's not about me. You know, it's about them and what they want to do. So and then we just put the things in place to best suit the, the team of what we've got around us today, basically. And to, do you know, you know, it's funny, like I know people who run like tech companies or startups and things like that, in terms of using like agile, you know, working, co-working spaces, <laughs> the way you're structuring your meetings, that is how like really fun, you know, growth companies work essentially, right? That's the yeah. way you've structured this. And that you know, I didn't realize that before we, you know, before we jumped on, obviously I know your business model, which we'll get into is very, is completely different, but also the way that you run the whole company is different. And I guess that does kind of answer my question before of like, what does attract people who are really excited to work there? Cause it's a different type of person who would be excited about that potentially yeah. because of the way you run it. One thing that I thought was what really caught my attention was when you, when you said about, you know, you started with zero and your LinkedIn profiles, right? They were your networks. Um, Amanda O'Brien, if you know she is, she runs content for estate agents. She was yeah. speaking at an event recently and um, she bas they basically found out that the average employee of an estate agent has, I think it's around 1,050 friends on Facebook. And there is so much more power in content being posted from those personal profiles than the company profile because if you're somebody looking to sell a house and you know that person and it's coming from them rather than a business more of a salesy kind of thing in the back of their mind that carries so much more power it's really interesting to what you said about starting with your you know your linkedin profiles which is kind of along the same lines Can you yeah tell me a bit more about that yeah um yeah no you're you're, you're bringing it out of me thank you yeah it's um so i i've um, we're, we're quite passionate about what i call personal branding there's a lot of uh, people, I'm going to do a quick shout out to Gail Partridge, who's part of Agents Mutual. You, uh, do you know her by any chance? Or? I 
it brings a bell. I don't know her personally, but her name rings well, a bell. I'll, I'll yeah. intro you. We'll sort it out. But okay. she, I did a training course with her going back some years now when I was in my my employed days through my old agency, basically. Um, and Gail, to this day, as you can doubt, inspired me. You know, no end. Um, and um, yeah, the, the point is she was she taught me about personal brand, okay? Um, and over my career, I've only worked for four Three, three straight four agencies. So uh, my, when, when I left college, I worked for a solicitor's firm, which had an estate agency. That's what we got into. I then went to a regional firm. Um, I then had a little spell with a London firm, actually. So I wanted to go do that thing. Big up. <laughs> um, uh, mentioning their names. Um, but um, yeah, big, big global brand. But what I learned over those, those three experiences was it was a different name above the door. I put that very mildly, but the system, a lot of the actual core of what was done, the selling process was the same ultimately. Um, so it, it, and Gail then sort of taught me, she was the first person who sort of opened my mind to go, you know, the brands create obviously traction and people like brands and I love brands. I'm absolutely passionate about that. I get that, but it's also about the person. And as I then went through my career before free agent, um, I actually found that people didn't even know who I worked for towards the end of it because I was pushing my own personal social media profiles consciously at the time um, through what I'd learned um, through Facebook, through Twitter, through Instagram, through whatever was available at the time um, to, to build my own personal brand. Um, so I would turn up at places and go, oh, it's Dan, that's it. Who do you work for? Oh, right, okay. They kind, it was kind of a secondary conversation or consideration by, by the said client. And that's when I went, okay, that's really interesting. Um, and that's what we, I've taken that into when it was just me and my partner when we set up Free Agent, you know, as I say, ground zero with LinkedIn, a bit, a bit more exuberant, Facebook profile, Twitter, and our local network. That's what we took. And yet I did do everything purposefully through my personal profiles when we set up because of those reasons actually that um i was the person that was known and and hopefully people might like me who knows um but they know dan and and that's when i sort of come up with the thing of i changed my names as well dan sells houses because that that's kind of um i as i walked down the street i thought oh, dan sells houses that's kind of the thing bit cheesy bit corny but it kind of worked so I actually changed my name on all my profiles to Dan Sells Houses. And then it's kind of been that go-to person. I want to sell, oh, Dan Sells Houses. And use that basically to get us out the ground through social, um, through pushing our content through there, um, which I still do. So my, my social strategy now to this day runs that we've got our company, um, social media. I've then got my personal profile. Uh, which on my little list of things to do today is, you know, put some style on my personal stuff that was on the company profile the other day. And then our agents, what, we, what we're trying to do as best as possible is build their personal brands as well. Because uh, that's really important to me. So they, yes, they have the company backing in support of what we provide as a company, which is forever tinkering and trying to improve. They get, you know, my support as well. Plus then in the middle of that, they are their own people. And that's important to empower that and embrace that. They've got their own contacts. They've got their own styles. Um, and that's something that we've really tried to work on and are continually working on to push their personal brands. So, yeah, does that answer that one for you, sir? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's really, really interesting, though, because I think, you know, the topic of personal branding, you know, it's more of a conversation nowadays. And in typical Dan fashion, you're a couple steps ahead of the game, right? Where you've got your team actually building that themselves. What's that process been like, you know, having, you know, you obviously I'm assuming, you know, you've got your personal brand, your profile going for some period of time successfully, then going to say, okay, cool, let's get you guys involved in this as well. Practically, how, how has that looked in terms of them going out and building their own presence? Ah, yeah, yeah, another great question. Um, it's a work in progress, Ebs, you know, um, like with all things. Um, and that's because you can have very, you know, people are different. Okay. And that's good. That's brilliant. You know, so 
I know, and this is something from when I was 17 and started out in a state agency, not everyone is going to love, with, love me. Although I absolutely do cry myself to sleep and have sleepless nights over that, <laughs> I've learned over the years that that's just how it is. Um, you know, I'm not going to be everyone's cup of tea. Fine, you know, I'll go and concentrate on the people that I am. Um, and that's something I've learned. And that's what I've had to try and, and I now try and pass that on our team uh, you know, if they lose a listing and if it, you know, they get really heartbroken over it, and that's good because they're passionate over it. But sometimes you, you, you could have every trick in the book, every, you know, every media source, every, every, you know, throw the kitchen sink at it. But sometimes you might just not gel with somebody. And that happens to me still to, these, to, to this day. Nothing wrong with that at all. You've just, I use very much 80 20 going work on those ones that do want to work with you. And that's fine. You know, no problem at all. You can only do what you can do. Um, coming back to the personal brand thing, um, if I look at our current team at the moment, just quickly, um, as I say, people are different. So we've got Linda, who um, basically, um, she won't mind me saying this, is, is a lady of a certain age, shall we say. Um, um, so she plays a lot of tennis, okay? Um, so our strategy with her is quite different to Rebecca, who's younger, basically. Um, so Linda, you know, goes off and networks with everyone in her local patch in her village because she's playing tennis with them all around. So we purposefully drive that, basically, and empower that to the point that I've taken up trying to play tennis. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> I'm actually going to play tennis with Linda, with her club, because it's now all opening back up and all the rest of it, tomorrow, Saturday. Um, so then I'll meet the people etc so she's got a network through that so although it's still it's not driving it wholly through social media with linda for example she's still got this very good network of what she works on a daily weekly basis through the groups of people that she knows in her local patch and that's what we've really gone okay that's cool that works you know we've sold for several of her tennis players who she's on the team with or she's beat or played against or, or lost against or whatever. Um, and that's still in my head. That's her personal brand and that's her network. And we've just gone, that's cool. That's what you enjoy. Go and do that. And just have in the back of your mind or, or you know, on your racket, freeagent247.com. So every time you hear <laughs> it, maybe. Um, <laughs> yeah. I can see it across the racket. Uh, the brand, the branding of it. That would be pretty I literally epic. just emailed somebody saying, "Can you print logos on tennis balls?" Literally <laughs> just before this meeting. Question mark. Um, we'll see. <laughs> I can definitely see the bird on there. Yeah, I, I could, yeah. I could, I could totally see that on the on the tennis balls. <laughs> we'll, we'll this, I'll let you know next time we catch up. <laughs> I feel like this is this is basically turned into a masterclass. Like you realize this, how valuable this actually is in terms of what you're doing because essentially like this is what you know other countries you look at america you look at australia yeah. that they're more kind of at this pace but the way you've done, obviously there are american companies who are now in the uk mm. you know with varying degrees of success but the way I, I i love the way you've done this of looking at a personal brand not just because most people think of personal brand social media yeah right? absolutely. yeah and, and that's it but actually it's personal brand is wherever you it's you right so it can be it can be yeah. you in tennis it can be you on the toilet right it's you're, you're there you're there 100 percent, 100 percent of the time so you're and, and i also love how you look at it individually per team member yeah. so the different differences they have so how linda you know her strengths are more around her physical network playing tennis mm -hmm. and and stuff like that what's it like for other other team members so yeah um just go yeah go to taking that a step further so I'll, I'll use Rebecca as, as, as the young. So we've built up, so she's got her own platforms through social media, you know, free agent 247 Rebecca, um, and she drives that through. So as I say, we've got that company social media, my social media, that sort of that sort of does that as a support network that is a constant. And then in the middle of that, we're building up what I call these stepping stones. And Rebecca is an absolute prime example of, yeah, personal brand, social media you know where my head goes absolutely um in the first instance and and so she's got her own platforms we've been quite selective about it um good time etc and you have to put the effort in i say you know from day one they bless her she wanted to do everything and go oh, i want to be this and do that and do that brilliant 
Now, when you get busy um, or busier, that's hard, believe me. Um, so let's pick you know, two platforms or one platform, and the particular one comes to head at the mind is the Instagram platform of hers that she's sort of building up. Um, and she's able to network with people in her local community through that channel. So she can you know, follow the local kitchen place in her patch in her town, follow the local handyman, you know, and, and shout out to them on Instagram stories, et cetera, et cetera. So that's a little strategy of what, what works for her. And that's building sort of up in the middle, whilst we've still got these wheels of support going round to like that, that keep it a constant with the properties in the videos of what we do going out there. So she doesn't have to think about that but then she can still take it on her own personal brand and build it up that way, you know, by networking with the local places, basically. Um, you know, knowing no, which has been a little bit hard over the last year, more so, but still not impossible. Um, you know, still been plenty of creativeness going on out there by local places in terms of their diversification, which we, we obviously have to you know, support it, show you support it. Um, and that's our sort of channel, funnel channel there with her. Um, I just for one last example is Christine is then a, a sort of different to those two so she sort of come into the business from totally out of area which is quite interesting again for, from my perspective and our perspective so it again sort of like a ground zero approach of right let's let's integrate you network you with the local community in your patch let's get make sure uh, your face and your brand is, is getting known so just some very simple things like let's get you into a property video and say, hi, it's Christine here from Free Agent 24-7. Welcome to Worcester. Here's such and such. And so we're working on those sort of things as well. Um, and again, teaming up with, um, you know, local places that have popped up or opening up um, through that sort of channel to help her and support her in that way. Um, and that's an ongoing process as well. These things have to be. So, yeah. yeah. Is, is, would you say social media is your biggest stream of new business? Yes and no. Um, for me, social speeds up word of mouth. Okay, uh, if uh, I, I try and explain that and how I see it. So word of mouth and referrals for us is probably still the, the, the lifeblood of, of what we've done. So from coming out the ground to selling for, you know, a younger person who's perhaps seen us on social media in the first place, they'll then go and say, mom, dad, these, you want to see these guys, look at what they're doing here, etc." So it's still word of mouth, but it's enhanced and escalated and sped up through social. Mm -hmm. So I'm still, you can tell I'm very aware or trying to be very aware that I know it's word of mouth still is actually what's driving that, but how people communicate is changed and changing um, and will forever change. Um, so hence the social thing, I think drives that word of mouth that somebody can go tag somebody in on a post and go, these guys were great. Um, that's still kind of word of mouth, isn't it? And if you know where I'm coming from, but it's just on a different platform. So might be a load of nonsense but no I, yeah. I, so, social media is word of mouth right because it's yeah. people it's people talking right it's yeah. the media is social um do you guys do much on paid social media or is it all organic ah, that is a, uh, where, where can i hide in this room on this podcast um <laughs> i don't know i don't know if i should hide or not actually um no is the answer i've never done anything paid ever um and that, that yeah we've started this conversation um now, my sister is in social media management, paid PR, all the rest of it. Um, so I've got the obvious person to, to, to do. But no, since day zero, we have not spent a penny on paid advertising. So yeah, it's all been organic, rightly or wrongly. I know there'll be people screaming at me for this. And I know there is. <laughs> just, just bear with me. Um, <laughs> that, yeah, I, I know. It's, um, I've taken the approach that I like that organic approach. I think the results you get from that are more, they're more genuine, they're more specific, they're, they're better quality, etc. So I've put that extra legwork and effort in myself, ultimately, to build that and help our agents, as I say, do that. Hopefully that's shown. Um, and 
Um, but that's not to say I won't um, be looking at that. And it's, it's again, it's a constant on the agenda, uh, basically. So, but again, from, as I say, zero budget, zero start, it wasn't an option on day zero. So I went, right, I'm going to go through my network, through my organic nature, see where that gets us, quite literally. And then we'll take, we'll take a view as that goes, you know, um, despite being screamed at by somebody every week to say, you should do this, you should do that, you should do this. I get that. Um, I think it will come and we will trial things out, et cetera, et cetera. But our, our approach has been okay so far, but to grow and go to the next level and in steps, that's when we've tried to get to the threshold we're at now to then be able to look at it more cost-wise um, and all the rest of it, basically, that goes with that. And I think, you know, it, it kind of ties in with how you've approached the whole business. Like you've done it the way in which you feel is best, which oftentimes is against what most people are saying, right? Um, you know, never thought of it that way. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I, I think I really liked your approach and how you kind of, you know, essentially were saying word of mouth essentially is social media. Because the way I view, obviously what prop media do is, is mostly paid social media, right? So I'm inherently biased, but actually, <laughs> I, you know, it's not, a quick fix for anybody yes can you you know can you 5x things very quickly yes because you've got paid budget behind it but it's not it doesn't call it doesn't it's not a solution to if there aren't if there isn't a good brand if there isn't already good social media so you need you actually need the foundation first you need really good social media because if suddenly you've got let's just say 5000 people a month seeing you through social media if you then increase that to 50,000 a month through paid, well, if the bedrock isn't good, if this social media isn't good when they're coming back, then it's not really, sure, you'll get some benefit, but it's not yeah. really going to hold its same weight. But by having that foundation, the best companies we've worked with where we've got the insane results, they've all got really good social media. They're using you know, more modern tools, the way they do it. They've got a great brand. And really all it is, is just an amplification of sure. what you're already doing. It, it can't fix, you know, if you've got it's a not, not right present. present. It's, um, yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a longer term approach. And I think that something you've just said to me, which um, again, consciously, subconsciously, it's been um, the, the, the challenge of what we've had since we set out, as I say, and as we're trying to grow um, and still provide service, because that's my number one thing to... So one our team and two, two you know, one, one and two in, in coalition, team and customers, basically. So if we went and got 50 new listings tomorrow, could we cope with that? Question mark. Okay. Could we cope with it to the level of what I demand? Question mark. Yep. You know, so um, it's all quite sort of staged strategic to, to make sure, again, I'll come back to the systems and procedures work, word again um and as you use that the bedrock i think if, and if the bedrock in the core is not right you can do all of this which is great and lovely and wonderful um but then that isn't working which means you might go and get them or get them here and bring them in and do something with them but then actually you might they might fall off the wheel elsewhere down the line um and i've always been a very very um, I'm very passionate, excuse me, about saying look after what you've got, mm-hmm. okay, before then you go for more. So if you look after what you've got, comes back to that word of mouth thing again. You, you, your one customer, if they're absolutely bowled over by the service, etc., they will go and tell one one other person. It's just common common denominator, and so on and so forth. And that that's very much the approach we've taken from day zero with the growth of it to where we are. Um, yeah, but, um, yeah, so, so it, it will come. It's, 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 it's there in, in, in plans, but as, as, as I think you've hit the nail on, it's not something that I would flick a switch and expect, wow, we've got 20, yeah, 10 leads overnight. The thing you've got to look at it more longer term and have that very strategic approach with it when you do something. So, um, again, get into a place where we're, um, stable and financially able and all of those sort of very grounded you know ground, ground basic stuff that we can look at a period of time for 12 months plus isn't it but you know as far as i'm concerned that we know we're going to do that whilst we're doing that and this is our strategy over that period of time 
that's when you're going to get the best results, isn't it? I feel so. Yeah, totally. Like I remember when we've obviously we do do stuff for us, take ourselves as an example, when we've, we've used paid and we've very quickly got a lot of new clients, which is a fantastic, but like you say, can the team maintain that level of service? So it's been a thing for us of finding that right balance between mm-hmm. growth and service. And finally, now we're at a point where the team are in place where the way I've viewed it is, do we not only have the team in place, but do we also have spare capacity? Meaning like, can they, if we got an extra 20 clients this month, could we take that? If the answer is not yes, then we won't do it yet. So it's been a lot of time getting those systems in place, being a bit patient with it because we've been going for about the same time as you. Um, And once you're there, and if you do all of those things right, then now we're experiencing the fruits of that through just amplifying everything. Um, but yeah, to, to your point, I've, I really like the approach you take because it's easy. It can't, you know, this is just human nature. It can be easy to be impatient as well to just say, well, we put this budget behind it. We'll get X out of it. Fantastic. But like you said, service first, right? Um, one of, all right, I think, I think we've been going for a little while. Let's talk about your business model. Cause this is really, really, uh, exciting to me. I remember when we first connected probably a couple of years ago now, never seen mm-hmm. anything like it. And it's been, it's been amazing to watch you grow through social mainly is how, how I've seen yeah. you guys grow. You can see that if you're watching, uh, this will be on YouTube. You can see the video behind on Dan's screen. They're very, very video centric as well. Um, Tell us about your tell us about your business model because you're not oh. a typical estate agent. Okay, so yeah, um, as if for anyone who's been watching, I've touched upon this, but yeah, we um, going back um, just briefly um, in my 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 history. Yeah, as I say, um, seventeen left college, went into high, you know, went into a high street set up a high street firm agency, basically office based, fantastic. I uh, was there three four years went to a regional firm and uh, was there seven, eight years, you know, many happy years and you know, great experiences. Still speak to all those guys and gals on, on a, a, you know, a weekly basis. Um, um, and, but always had that desire to go out and do something on my own ultimately, whether it would be through one of those companies and go and set up an office or something else. Wasn't quite sure, but that was, if I'm going in, if I'm doing a state agency, I kind of want my own, thing of some sort at some stage um and with the change and shift of a state agency which will forever continue um that's just change the only thing in uh, life that's constant is change isn't it um but as i watched this over my 10 years or so as i say and had that brief spell in london as well um and what I sort of took away from all of that was, right, okay, if I do this, I want a USP is what I've come back to, something that is different to all of these offerings, um, which are all, I love all very dearly. There's, you know, nothing nothing wrong, as I say, that's, that's fine. Um, but I wanted something that would be a USP, as I call it. Um, you know, our videos, apps, you know, everyone can go and do videos, um, ultimately. That's, that's, that's fine, isn't it? Um, um, that's not a USP as far as I was concerned. So yes, I was going to try and build it around that and use that absolutely. Um, but in terms of the charging side of things, this is where we sort of went right. Let's you know everyone's charging. There's that constant debate over what do we charge, how much do we charge, what's my value, all of that sort of stuff. Which been, you know, absolutely fine. Get it, understand it. Um, but I kind of wanted to create a level playing field as much as possible. So we sort of, in a nutshell, flipped the model on its head. So our vendors um, pay nothing to sell their property. Um, We provide all of the marketing. So it's our risk, our gamble. So we put on professional photography, videography, floor plans, Matterports, social, digital, um, through myself at the start, or then as I'm trying to grow different people, et cetera. Um, but we provide all of that, all of the viewings, no hidden costs, et cetera, which gave us a USP and was something that hadn't been quite done before. Uh, risk involved with that. Um, um, but, um, and, and basically the purchasers pay a percentage on top of what price they, they, we agree at. Um, and that goes through and gets paid through the solicitors and only on completion. So 
So the little flip, flip back round, which gave us the USP of what I really wanted in the middle of that uh, to go to market with. Um, because, you know, we were going in, yeah, just look at our local patch. We were going up against local, national, regional brands that have been there for years and years and years with massive budget. So I knew I had to have something that would set me apart or us apart from them, you know, on the kitchen table, so to speak, or on the lounge, on the lounge sofa, right? Okay, these guys are totally different. They're not just, you know, charging a percentage or a fee or whatever. Um, it is totally opposite to those. One, to make us stand out and two, to give us a chance, basically. Um, and did we know it would work? No, is the honest answer. That's the question I get asked all the time. Um, I'd say from high street agency for 10 years. Um, no, we didn't. Um, <laughs> um, that was a risk. Um, but for, for, you know, I think I'd seen enough over my time to understand that if a bar wants to buy a house and a seller wants to sell a house, it's our job to get that best price possible. And ultimately, if you want to make that deal happen from both parties, and there's me, Mr. Estate Agent, Mrs. Estate Agent in the middle that makes that happen, you will make it happen basically. And if they don't want to do it, um, then that's fine. You know, over my years, there's, there, I've got millions of examples of, um, you know, people, when, when you find that buyer who wants to buy a property, they want to buy that property. They don't want to buy the house next door because the house next door is different. They want that property. So it's playing on emotion. Yes. Um, it's using the bespokeness of every property. Um, and, yeah, does that answer it as uh, good as possible for now? Yeah, to totally. And, you know, I'm sure like, you know, lo loads, loads of questions could come up ab about it because it, it's, it's so exciting and different. I guess like one, one for me is when you do attend a valuation, you do attend a market appraisal, what, what is that conversation like? And, and what's the, is there like a typical reaction from a vendor when you explain how your service works? Um, yeah, um, it's every reaction can be different to the next. Um, some, so, you know, again, local patch wise, hey, we're, we're not known to everyone in all places. So we can go to somewhere and they might not know exactly, you know, we still get messages come through on a daily basis up saying, how much do you charge to sell a house? Right. Question mark. You know, I still get friends, I've, you know, acquaintances I've known for years. Dan, you know, thinking of selling my house, can you let me know your costs? Question mark. So that message um, hasn't drill home and it may never may never you know that's multi millions and billions of pounds of educational budget isn't it to 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 uh educate everyone that that's how we do it and that's the charge i.e zero um but what it does is it it creates that first lead mechanism so anyone who's interested in it will go well, hang on a minute how does it work etc give them a call or let's get in touch with them Great, as far as I'm concerned, because that then allows us that opportunity to pick up the phone, engage with them on whatever platform it may be, and start that conversation from there. Um, that, that I have to say, I find it un, unimportant or less important than I thought it would be mm. over, the, over the years gone by. So um, it makes an, a conversation quite easy in terms of, you know, you do all of that, great, you know, you do all of giving me all of that, what are you going to charge me? Um, you know, that, that's what I got, got to when I was in my previous years. Yeah, every time. Wow, such and such is going to do it first. That's a, yeah, but okay, back up your value and know your worth. 100%, I get that, I understand that. Um, but it makes that conversation, a non-conversation, well, we do all of that and that, that's it. Um, the conversation is slightly different because they have questions to ask about the model and how that affects things. So it's just yeah. a slightly different conversation at the end of that well hang on a minute so you're going to give me all that and you know, can you assure me that it's we, we pay nothing absolutely okay well how is the buyer going to react to that that's a natural thing as we've gone from zero years to three years we've obviously got well we have got hundreds of case studies of situations that that, that we can then reel off to this client etc and support that um but as I've just touched upon, I, f I found it personally less of a deciding factor for our vendors, actually. I think it makes a conversation a non-conversation. It makes that, that thing about 
know, well, he's charged me that, or he's going to charge me this. You know, it's, very, it's actually, I like it because it's so transparent. That's what we charge everyone, and that is what the buyer pays. It's exactly the same on every single property. So there's no, no grey areas. You know, there's no favouritism. There's no favours because I've known somebody for 20 years and my cat used to crawl across his land and that means he should have a deal with us or whatever. It's very, this is how it is, full stop, finito. You know, nobody pays more, nobody pays less, very clean. And on my personal conscience, I found that one of the most refreshing things mm. as an actual agent to go, that's what it is. Um, I'll come back to that. I'll come, I'll come back to the point I was making, which is, but over the years gone by, I think it's more less of a, less of a deciding factor for vendors, particularly for us, um, because um, of the service element, actually, which I'm, I'm very, I, I sweat constantly. I, you know, my, my stress is I want to provide the best service we can and the best marketing we can to help sell that property. That's all we're here to do at the end of the day and find that buyer and attract them in and, everyone be happy and everyone will move on. That's what I want to do every single time. That's my desire. The cost thing is, is yes, on a commercial basis has to come from somewhere, but actually you're making those, the, 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 the parties happy. That's my key focus. And I think over the years gone by and hopefully moving forward, that's what people see more so. Um, certainly when, when I go out to somebody, yes, it's, yes, it's brought into conversation, but they'll, they'll through that word of mouth or through that recommendation they go wow you dealt with or you sold such and such property the video you did on their property was great you know can you do something like that for us um or the certain you know you were available 24 you were 24 7 you know i was on the phone to you at 10 o'clock on a sunday night then a quick conversation but that's that stood out to them or whatever over the freeness mm-hmm. so it, it, it it's kind of and we didn't know how that would go day zero um, or who that would attract, the client that might attract, et cetera, et cetera. Because ultimately our business is the, the, the key target person is the person or the property that, you know, in a nice way, every estate agent has said, here's all of my buyers, as I've done over the years. Um, you know, you'll have no problem selling this house, not a problem at all. It's going to sell. That's our, that's our key property, you know. Um, and that's sort of what we've gone on to attract on the whole, is those very saleable properties that have no problem selling. And that's what we set out to do, basically. Got it. And when you're on, on the buy on the buyer side, right? Because that's yeah. I'm I'm surprised actually how um I I would have thought uh from a vendor's reaction it would have been more shocked or they would have been more just surprised because they've probably never come across it before, you know. Um, I think that's softened over over the year. I think with the the shift and the change in everything in the world, I think that's had an effect. So I don't. It had had maybe COVID not happened. Um, maybe that conversation would still be a bit more evident. Maybe when we go into, but but then you know we are going into different areas. You know, dotting around trying to spread our our, our wings a little bit. You know, I was in neighbouring county last Saturday, and I'm trialing these things out. We have gone and sold in neighboring counties um and, and and i sort of got to that stage i didn't know these customers from adam excuse the expression so it was very much a um a, i'm gonna go and value your house and then talk to you about free agent great so they didn't you know they, they just inquired about one of our properties basically um but i specifically wanted to go because i knew it was an opportunity to sort of just sense a reaction basically and i went through everything and that oh okay fine that was it okay so Cool. When are you going to get your mortgage advisor to, to give me a call? No, no, no questions asked. So do you want do you want to uh, do you want to go back to that at all? <laughs> so they'll have to kind of like something. Is that all okay? Understand? Yeah, that's fine. No problem. Get we get it, Dan. That's fine. You shut up, Dan. <laughs> is what happened. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's fine. Off we go. So yeah, it, it, but 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 for the next person, it's like anything in this world, isn't it? The next person I probably speak to after this conversation is going to totally grill me about it left right and center <laughs> and then i might not ever have it again for, for another month or so it, it's yeah so that's the fun of a sales agency isn't it I, I interesting as well in terms of like 
I didn't know about like the selectiveness of properties as well and how that plays into it and the emotion that you're able to use for buyers. I think that's really, really smart how you've angled the business in that way. Do you have, well, I'm sure you have a vision for, for your business, right? Where you want it to be in X number of time, however you like to look forward. What, what is the, what does that look like for you? Like free agent in say three years time? Oh, there's killer questions, aren't there? Um, We'd like, um, so yeah, we've got, I, I, I am very ambitious for what it's worth, but, um, um, but very pragmatic at the same time. Um, a wise man once told me, you, you, you know, if you make a decision today, you're often six months away from implementing it. So mm. I am forever trying to plan out the, the future. That's how I've been since, since I left college. So, so I, you know, I spend time weekly and monthly literally going, right, where do I want, you know, how's my year look? That's my year, you know, that's my year that's on my desk so I can see it. So I know what I'm doing when and how that year looks for 2021. Um, and then working on 2022, 2023, you know, what well, I'm going to be, this how, This is how old I'm going to be. You know, this, in, 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 you know, in five years time, this is how old. Well, what do I want to achieve? What do, how many people do I want to help? You know, all the rest of it. Um, the, the, the vision with Free Agent is, um, you know, we're now three years old. We've come from, we've sort of, change the market whatever you want to call it you know done done our little thing in our patch um and we're still trying to cement that and drill that home and educate that that's you know that's again look after what you've got Ev. so i say that's our core focus is still right we've built up a a, a brand in a nice way which i'm very grateful and and, and very honored you know that's my childhood dream to do that so i want to continue that never let go of that you know in our local town put the flag you know, boom, and keep it there. Like, there it is, flying like that. That's it, on my stick. Um, but obviously look into going into the what we call the three counties, the neighbouring counties. Um, that's certainly the three-year vision, but certainly, you know, we're focused on our county still for the time being, but with that idea of finding people, if anyone watches this who's interested, um, you know, in, in Herefordshire or Gloucestershire. Um, Put it out there. Just putting it out there, um, you know, we, we, that's where our three-year vision is. And then, again, from there, we'd like to go and pick it up, sort of moving towards London. That way is... We'll is, welcome you with open arms. Okay, thank you. Uh, <laughs> anyone in London? Um, but no, we do, um, yeah, that, that's our sort of my, my, my sort of travel of business plan is, is three counties, ideally three years. And then moving it down sort of that way from where we are at the moment based. Um, yeah, with the ultimate goal of being UK wide uh, or certainly Engl England, because the system different in Scotland, isn't it? Um, that's another day. But um, certainly, you know, in, in, across England, um, that would be the, the, the dream and the vision. Absolutely. So, yeah. Well, I lo I'm looking forward to seeing those boards littered around your counties in London when you come down to our side. Um, I would love to wrap up. We would have been going for 50 minutes. The time just flies with, uh, some fun questions for you. Just a couple of like, a couple of little ones for you. So sure. first one I got for you is in a state agency, what is one of your biggest pet peeves that, uh, yeah, that you see? Ah, uh -huh. um, buyers pulling out of a property is the one thing that comes to my head. Mm -hmm. for no um material reason mm -hmm. a change of heart there we go you you must have like an idea on what those reasons are what do you think uh what, what do you think some of those reasons are when buyers um it's um, um in-house relationships uh their end um Perhaps they got caught up in the heat of things, et cetera, et cetera, uh, with that emotion thing. Um, I, say, I say that, and, and it's because they, they really stand out to me, again, because of our business model. It's very focused around that buyer, et cetera. So we don't have many, but when they do, they, you know, they, they hurt, as they do with anyone, um, but they stand out to me. Uh, I find it quite interesting as to like, somebody change their mind in the, in the 23rd hour there, pulling out of it well hang on a minute your, your emotions were still the same as what they something's changed isn't it or something else has come that they want to go and try and taste etc etc um 
but you know our model doesn't protect that is my point you know we have we can't we haven't solved that issue um the the, the classic next one is um is the is the buyer is the is the viewer that doesn't uh turn up at a booked appointment is, is something else that stands out again we don't have many of these things and this is why i think they're they particularly stand out to me on the whole um i think the clientele and and, and the pe people that we deal with as most agents do are on the whole superb um but you will always get that minority that um stand out in your brain there we go <laughs> we salute them all right next <laughs> one ne next one up for you is when you look back at your life so far um what is one of your favorite failures put failures in inverted commas um that later led to a success oh loads of those <laughs> every day um for um I'm trying to find one key one for me. As I say, it's, you know, literally, I think failing is brilliant. As I think you touch it, you know, that's where you are with that, there, isn't it? If you never, if you never fail, you never tried. Have you? Full stop. Um, so, huh? <laughs> I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm trying to say many, many, many examples. I can't think of one off the top of my head right now. But um, that's all right. I know it's like when when you're put on the spot, you're like, I know there are dozens, but can't think of one right now. We can always um, circle back to it. That's back that's that, all yeah. good. So the next next one I've got for you is, is is a deeper one. So we're going to fast forward uh, to your last day with us on the planet. So yeah. you've set out free agent is nationwide. You know, you've got, you know, you've achieved all your goals in terms of business. You've got your loving family around you, all of your friends. It's your last day on, on the planet. You can't leave behind any of what you've built, anything material, but you can leave one piece of advice or one piece of wisdom to your loved ones, to your family, to the people you care about. What would you leave them behind? Never give up on your dreams. There you go. Love it. That's it. It's, I really love asking this question because a lot of people can say that, but the thing I love about you is that you're an example of it. No, 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 no. That, that's 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 too too flattering. Um, I'd say you're I'd say you're pretty much going after it. Exactly. Yeah, you've got you've got to go for it, haven't you? I think you've just got to go for it. Um, life is very short. All of the cliche things. I'm a very cliche person because it is also true. Um, so yeah, absolutely. You know, if you've got a dream, just go for it. You know, this planet, this life, this world is very, very precious, isn't it? So um, do whatever you can to uh, do whatever you want to do, what's in your heart, and do it. And yeah. where do you think that came from for you? Because because a lot a lot of people can hear that, and a lot of people can want to go after dreams. And and this is what I mean when I say I really think you're doing it right where for you where was that difference between having that dream and actually going out and implementing it and and going after it uh it, t it takes uh and will take time effort um perseverance my my th three favorite things th three favorite p's in a state agency pro proactive positive patience is what i use a lot with clients but and it does take planning. So that that visualization of, you know, which I still forever work on. Um, I'm still not nailed it and I may never nail it. And that's good because I'm always trying to think and create and progress, I think. So I've been told. Um, but um, to actually go, right, here's where I want to be. Here's what I want to have achieved and stripping it back, you know, over a one, two, three, five, ten. Here's what I've done when I'm, you know, on my last day on earth. What does that look like for me? One of my one of my idols of a state agency, Ryan Serhan, he carries around in his wallet um, the picture of the eighty year old him, um, and he goes, "That's that's who he's working for." To not look back on his life with regret, um, so that's what he does. That's his little thing. I like that. Um, love that, in fact. Um, but yeah, you're working for your 80, 90 year old, whatever you know. Health is great, and all the rest of it. You're, that's who you're working for your whole life. Um, and yeah, the one thing that drives me is that regret of not doing the best I could for the people and for in my power uh, to do that. But yeah, it does take planning and time. And time. So um, you know, I, I, um, I ha you know, as I say, I was I was in Tesco a year ago, um, helping out, working out. Now that was 
for several reasons. That was because one, I wanted to go and do that. Two, financially, that enabled me to take less from the business in a time where we didn't know what was going to happen in three, six, nine months. So I think that sacrificing and, and, and sort of having that total open-mindedness to go as well and having that ability to change on it and not mm. feeling like it's there for you. And I, you know, I worked, I love Tesco, by the way. It's great. I had a fantastic time there. So, um, um, and you're just remembering your roots and your, your grounds and where you are and what you want to do, but actually putting together a street, if you really, really want to achieve something, here's the word of what I'm trying to get to is desire. You can do anything you want to do as long as you really want to do it. There's no, you know, I really, really believe that. Um, no matter who you are, what you've come from, what your background is, I think if you've got that desire, you have to hold on to that desire. You may do a million different things before you may get there, but as long as you've still got that there, that's then worth something living for and fighting for. And that's what I still fight for every single day. Full stop. Something that really, really stands out is that you've got this big vision, but you've also got the roadmap to get there. And usually, you know, it can be easy to have one of one or the two, you know, you can have the, all of the structure, which is great, but if it lacks the vision, you know, it's kind of hard to ever reach that height and, and vice versa. You know, if you've got the amazing vision, but you haven't really got a practical roadmap to get there, it's going to remain a vision for a lot of the time. And the other thing that really stood out for me, what you just said is actually the humility aspect of it, of actually being able to say, yes, okay, here's where I am, but I'm never too big for my boots, you know? Yeah. And I think, I really feel that that is what holds a lot of people back. I know that I went through that when I started out, I started my first business. Well, technically I started my first business when I was about eight selling sweets at school, mm. but, but you know, we'll say when it was 18 and that, and that really came up, you know, it was, Oh, you know, I'm, I perceive my identity as this person. Therefore I'm almost a step above. And it took me years of undoing of just getting whack, you know, smacked in the face by life to realize that attitude just does not serve anybody. And also it doesn't feel good. And yeah. now I'm the first person to when something, you know, shit hits the fan or, or something's up or, you know, someone needs some help. I'll be the first person to, to get there. And it's that humility element. And it, it, I really feel like it's that ego that can hold a lot of people back. You know, egos in a state agency is also a really nice common topic, but I really feel from yourself, there is genuine humility there. And is that something that you've, is that, has that been just your personality or has that been honed over time? Um, <laughs> I'd like, I'm, I'd never, that's a deep question. Isn't it? I'd like to, I, I, it's me. It's who I am. There, there's no two ways about it. I think that's just something I'm every opportunity, like, just to be sat here today, having this conversation with you, I'm grateful for it. I think it's incredible, you know, um, that you've, reached out to me from London and said, Dan, you know, we've been following you on social media. Wow. You know, that, that blows my mind. You know, I just do what I do the best I possibly can for me, my team and the people every day. And that, that, that's my focus. Um, things happen around it. Super duper, you know, super duper. Love all of that. That's great. Um, but I'm just very focused on just, yeah, absolutely do, doing that. And it, yeah, it's me. I'm just totally, um, grateful for any opportunity that I've ever had or will ever have that comes across my radar and across my desk, literally. Um, yes, I will work twenty four seven to 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 get there um, and try and make it happen. Um, but it, you know, my my, my I say as I say, I'm just hum humbly grateful that I've ever had this opportunity to even do so some sort of thing in a set. You know, what I want to do. Um, that hasn't come easy. And as I say, there's a lot of planning and motion that comes in that. And that's still, that's due every day. And I think that's, that's, that's something. So I know, you know, that, that, you know, particularly in a state agency, uh, I can have a fantastic call. And then the next call could be a terrible call. Somebody's pulling out or we're losing an instruction or whatever it may be. And so I've tried to, I try to remain on a level amongst that. So although I am a very positive mental attitude person and I really believe in all that I also know that there there is a line um which I learned over the years of right okay you're up here Dan great 
but you're going to be down there in a second again, literally in a second. So let's just keep doing what we do as solidly as possible. And then we'll see, you know, hopefully that will get us some places and I'll be able to do what I love every single day. Full stop. Yeah, th- thank you for sharing that way- the way you did because I-, I was literally just having a chat and I'm going to send this to him, to my new sales director. He's doing really well at the moment. Lots of new clients, really, really excited. Mm. You know, energy is really high. And I said, this is amazing. You know, enjoy this time, but also never let yourself get too high or too low. You know, try yeah. and maintain that, you know, a bit of balance. Of course, enjoy, enjoy the highs, celebrate them, feel them. You know, that's part of the whole journey. But likewise, you know, always try and maintain that balance. And I really like the way you explained that because I was literally having this conversation last night. You're only as um, good as your last sale is my classic one, Ebs. Um, um, or you're only as good as your last day, isn't it? Yeah. So if I went out tomorrow and messed everything up, that's what people would remember, wouldn't it? Yep. So Yeah, you, you see it in sports all the time, right? Yeah. Particularly fighters, it's their last fight that everybody remembers. And this really nicely bookends, I think, the podcast, because I asked you at the start, you know, you had, you had that example of people being excited to work for you. And I was curious to know where that came from, because actually that's, you know, really uncovers a lot about you and the business to, to actually attract that. And to me, the answer to that is your energy, you know, your humility and gratitude, because that is what's magnetic. It's those qualities of why people want to be around you is why I was drawn to you, right? It's because of that energy. Um, you know, I had the best compliment given to me the other day by an amazing uh, estate agent, business owner, Matt Giggs. You, you really? might, yeah, you know, you know, Matt. And first thing he said to me when he reached out to me was, Eve, I love your energy. And that meant so much to me. And usually when people give me compliments, sometimes I can find it a little bit hard to take. <laughs> With that, I really felt good about it. And I, you know, I can say that to you. I love your energy and that is what's magnetic to you, you know, and that's why, you know, you have the success you do and that's why people want to work with you and be around you. It's, it's that energy. So I think the thing I'd take it back to you just very briefly is your passion for what you do. I'd say that desire of what you want to do and you're passionate about it. That shows with you. It probably obviously shows with me again, as I say, I'm, I, 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 it sounds very corny, but like when I'm with clients, we're talking about, I, I actually sweat because I'm so passionate about something. I'm like, this is what we need to do. This is that. And you, your face there is like, you're, you're the same with, in your world. And I get that. And that's why, that's why, yeah, that's why I'm here talking to you. It's great. Love it. Beautiful. Um, thank you very much um, for that and for your time today. <laughs> <It's Latin. laughs> um, yeah, it's honestly, it's been a real pleasure. It's been a real, real pleasure, mate. I really appreciate your time. I'm glad we've done this. Um, yeah. No, thank you very, very much for your time. Really appreciate it. And I hope there's something in there that you, you, you get and people might listen in and watch in and pick up on themselves as well. Absolutely. I, there are a lot of very good segments in there as well that I'm, I'm looking forward to getting out. Um, so yeah, oh. thank you again, mate. I'll catch you soon. You're welcome.